All right, you pledges. So you want to join our fraternity, Sigma Killer Alpha Podcast Pi? Well, we just can't let anybody in. You must pass our rigorous initiation process. You are about to prove your loyalty to our brotherhood with the most challenging test you have ever experienced. Are you ready, Pledge? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Is Attack of the Killer Podcast your favorite podcast of all time? Yes. All right, you're in. <laughs> Bro horror on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Aloha, bros. It's time to rock another Attack of the Killer podcast. This is going to be an extreme episode, because this is episode 267, and we're going to be talking about brodacious movies about bros. (laughs) Hey, what do you call a zebra who joins a fraternity? What's that? A zebra! Yeah! (laughs) High five! (laughs) (laughs) If this is your first time checking out our show, don't worry. I don't normally talk like this. (laughs) Attack of the Killer podcast is a horror movie podcast where a group of bros get together with a topic, (laughs) some brewskis, and we talk about movies within that topic. We speak speak openly and freely, so there may be spoilers, yo. (laughs) I can't do it anymore. If you would like to help support the show, you can by going to our site, jointheattackers.com. Pick the tier you'd like to donate to. Do it. Because when you donate, <laughs> you become Do it. an attacker. Do it. An attacker is a special type of fan of the show that becomes part of basically the Attack of the Killer podcast family. And it gets you tons of extra content, too. You get videos, bonus episodes, membership cards, stickers, certificate. You can get a shirt. You can even get original art by me from my Mikey's Monsters series. You can get a VIP pass to special events, such as our monthly horror hangout that we do on Skype once a month. Uh, there's so much content that you can get. I'm not going to go through it all of them right now. I do that at, all the time. At the bro level, we can touch tips. <laughs> uh-huh. That's right. So check it out for yourself at jointheattackers.com and become an official attacker today. And now I'd like you to meet my special bras. It's the podcast crew, yo. He asked the fraternity brothers for a pamphlet or something about his chapter, and the guy said, Bro, sure. Andy, everybody. <laughs> yeah, what's up, you son of a bitch? Thanks for listening, goddammit. He considers his Transformers his fraternity brothers. He calls them Hasbros. Jason. <laughs> nice. You, you cheated real easy on that one. <laughs> I sure hey, thanks, did. everybody, for listening. I'm so glad you're here. All of his bros were aliens, time travelers, and robots. The name of his fraternity was Sci-Fi. Tad, everybody. <laughs> That's not too bad. I'll yeah. take it. I'll take it. Hey, guys. 
Oh my. All right, well, you don't have to be in a fraternity to watch Shudder. You just have to subscribe, and when you do, you will have access to the best of the best of the best of horror streaming content. The Lambda Lambda Lambdas don't get that. Now you can get a month of Shudder for free. Yes, that's right. You don't even have to go through any initiation to get it. All you got to do is enter our promo code AOTKP and you get a month of Shudder for free. Thanks to us here at Attack of the Killer Podcast. Why? Because we love you. Again, that promo code is AOTKP. Now, do you ever wonder what Attack of the Killer Podcast, the, the Attack of the Killer Podcast team has been watching lately? I know I do. Let's find out. Here's Tad with what we watched. What we watched. Well, I know Jason and I watched a lot of the same stuff um, <laughs> since we last talked. So let's throw it over to Andy. What have you watched? Um, mostly the, the wife and I are keeping up with what we do in the shadows and only murders in the building, and those are both really great shows. I suggest you check them out. They are th- they are on Hulu. I thought you were going to say me and the wife have been keeping up with the Kardashians. Right. Yes. Yes. That I haven't watched. No. A single what episode, what we do in the shadows has been great again this season. It's just of cons- consistently great. I mean, I would. Yeah. yeah. Every episode, they just knock it out of the park. I mean, it takes a lot, you know, since I'm just a moody bastard for me to, like, laugh out loud in just in general. And that show always does it. Um, and we watched, um, we're, we're a little late uh, getting into it, but we try to, uh, we've been trying to catch up with Wellington Paranormal, and that's a great show on HBO Max. Hilarious. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah all, all three are great. Um uh, comedy shows, you know, dealing with two are just straight up dealing with more horror horror oriented, whereas like um, uh, only murders in the building are is more more of a murder mystery. But you know, you've got Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez, and then Nathan Lane will stop by, and you know, Sting has been in it. Um, uh, Tina Fey is also regularly show regularly shows up in it, and it's just a, it's just a really good show. I highly and recommend. and before anyone any of the attackers or listeners snub their nose at Selena Gomez, she's awesome in this. So yeah, yeah, she is. Yeah. She is really good. She was like the one thing I was slightly hesitant to myself watching the show, but Steve Martin and Martin Short trumped it so much. But then turned out she's been great. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Um. I I'm a little late to the game since they were made, you know, uh, in 2005. Um, but I've never seen all of the masters of horror. I think I've seen most of them, but I finally watched uh, Lucky McKee's uh, Sick Girl. Ooh, nice, yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, and you know, she he regularly you know works with uh, Angela Bettis, and this is the first time I've seen like. Um, I believe uh, her name her name is Aaron Brown in this but uh Misty Monday and it's I'm sure she appreciated being in something that wasn't called Dick Shark or Lord of the G-strings <laughs> but I mean it was actually really well done and I actually I, I really enjoyed this one and and Masters of Horror I wish they would bring that back I wonder why that ever got 
it went, went to like network and they changed the name and it was god awful. It went to like yeah. NBC for a season and it was during yes. a writer strike and they only they only aired like half the episodes and uh you know bless Mick Garris for trying. I know, right? I mean, but yeah, the but the first season that we got is, you know, the, I don't think there's really a bad one in the bunch. I um, mean, we got cigarette burns like Carpenter's last oh, great moment oh, yeah. to me. It's all worth it. Like if everything else sucked, that would have been worth it. But yeah, Cozzarelli's is great. I mean, there's just so oh, many yeah. good ones. Yeah. Oh, Argento, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Takashi McKay, I was, I watched that. I was like, Whoa. the only one that didn't air on <laughs> Showtime. Yeah. Showtime wouldn't. Yeah. Air. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Cause um, that's uh, uh, Billy Drago was in that, right? Yeah, I agree. That first season is like a masterpiece. There isn't a bad episode in the bunch, and kind can of we, the first. Can we do an episode on that? We should. We should. Yeah, because I need to revisit them. I have all yeah. of them. All the, I have the like Skull DVD set with all the you know. I loved that. Like, I paid for Showtime just to watch that. So, <laughs> yeah, I will make note. Yeah, dibs on Coscarelli's or Carpenter's. <laughs> <laughs> um. Since I almost enjoy the documentaries about the horror movies I love about, uh, just about as much, um, I and it's just like in this um, foldable cardboard thing. I mean, it's, there's really not much to it, but um, I bought the documentary uh, I Am Nancy. Have you guys oh, ever yeah, watched yeah. this? Yeah. We, yeah. Jason and, and I picked up copies of that. When uh, she was at Crypticon several years ago, yeah, she, she had signed it on her table. copies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Very nice. I mean, I had seen this years ago, but I always wanted my own personal mm-hmm. um, copy of it. And it's just a it's just a really nice, um, different different look, you know, because everybody has got, got their focus on Freddy or the franchise or just the story in general. But, I mean, nobody really does a deep dive into this iconic character that really kind of got the ball rolling anyway. But, um, yeah, I am Nancy and it's just, uh, Heather Langenkamp, you know, doing her thing and interacting with the fans. Have you seen it, Tad? I have not. Oh, I, I highly recommend it. You, you should probably check it out. I don't know where it is streaming, but I mean, well, where it's like a little, um, when I first saw it, I probably downloaded it illegally off the internet, but, um, you can borrow my copy. Yeah, I know. Um, but it's uh, I bought it off of Amazon. I think it was like fourteen dollars or something like that. I mean, I think you can get one on her website that's autographed for like forty, but um, you probably don't need it autographed. My, mine's not. Um, but I mean, it's you know she interviews, but she or she of course interviews Wes and she interviews Robert and all you know a lot a lot of the people in it. I don't think. You see much of Nick Corey in it, but um, I mean, she interviews his, interviews West's daughter, and you know she's got interesting things you know to say about when they were casting, you know, the first Nightmare on Elm Street, and how Johnny Depp, you know, like in, in like in the end credits, she says, "I remember Johnny Depp telling her how to fix her watch and stuff like that." I mean, just really just obscure stuff, and you know, she tell. You know, she says the only thing she really saved from the first movie was her pajamas that she wore. So she still has the the Nancy pajamas from the original one. But yeah, I recommend I Am Nancy. Um, I also got the Vinegar Syndrome release of Scream Queen, um, My Nightmare on Elm Street, the Mark Patton story. Nice. 
which I highly recommend if you haven't seen that too, because I think you can watch that on Shutter anyway. Yep, I but, saw that. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I got I, I I just liked it so much, and there's a lot of really good special features on the Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, I think it, I don't know if it's like strictly Vinegar. I think it might be a partner release, but that's that's where you can get it anyway. Um. I also, uh, from, let's see, Saturn's Core, which is a partner of uh, Vinegar Syndrome, I bought I bought and watched uh, Mail Order Murder, which is the story of Wave Productions. Yeah. Which, yeah. Um, very interesting stuff. I mean, I love, um, like I said, I love watching documentaries about, you know, low-budget, you know, films, and this is about as low-budget as it gets. Um just and it tells basically um this guy just wanted to make horror movies i think he believed he was a teacher and he just loved uh, horror movies so much he started his own production company in new jersey i believe i think that's right yes yes and um he would just start making um in order to make more money he would make um uh you would send in money and then you would he would make his own custom films for you if you wanted a theme and some of the themes that these people come in are just basically like okay these are like crazy fetish videos but i mean at least they're you know uh, um they're being made in a safe way and nobody's nobody's being harmed but i mean they are crazy low budget um there's one uh where a guy you know he sent in this concept where I want a woman who shrinks people down and just eats them, you know? So you can imagine the special effects that they used in order to shrink people down and then eat them. So it's like, it's, it's hilarious to watch. Um, but yeah, it just, it's the, it's a documentary called mail order murder, the story of wave productions. And, uh, this is like, um, I mean, they kind of make Troma look like 20th Century Fox. I mean, that's how low budget they are. But um, just a fun, just a fun documentary. I mean, it's I mean, it's rewatchable too. I mean, just to see you know how the how they started out from just like very very small, and you'd be they said you'd be surprised how many people would order these wave videos. Just how low budget they are and especially the custom ones. I mean, at 30 bucks a pop, they'd, they'd get like 30 to 40 people by a week buying videos from them, you know? So, I mean, it all adds up. So interesting documentary. And yeah, that's other than the, um, uh, what we had to watch for the show. That's all. That's all I watched. Excellent. How about you, Mike? I didn't get a chance to watch a whole lot. I mean, I have just now started the new season of What We Do in the Shadows. Um, haven't started the new season of um, Only Murders in the Building. Um, but what I did watch, uh, I watched a couple movies. I watched um, Revealer, uh, which is on Shutter. It's a new one on Shutter. It's pretty good, pretty cool. Um, basically, an um, uh, end of the world. Uh, this uh, stripper and this holy roller lady basically have to team up to try to uh, try to survive. I guess I don't know uh, the uh, the end of times. 
and it's it's pretty cool and the, i like the i like the the girls a lot they they do a really good job in it and um you know just my issue any my issues is anytime somebody um uh doing a movie about end of times i'm like how are you going to how are you going to survive this? We all know this is how it's going to end. You're not going to survive this. It's the end of times. It's the end of the world. You know? So why why are you even going on this uh, adventure? But but no, but it's still really good. And uh, um, really, really cool um, relationship between the two girls. Um, you know, since they're on kind of, kind of the opposite ends of the um, moral spectrum. And they have to... Uh, just try to survive this together so but then the only other thing that i watched was the new documentary fi finally out on shutter this is guar yeah i heard great mm, things about so that yeah. oh it's a great documentary you wouldn't think you would ever watch anything about guar where you would end up crying multiple times but there is a there's a few times that you know i was fighting back some tears during this documentary um uh, you know, obvious things like you know Dave Brocky dying, and, and yeah. but uh, but you know there's there's way more going on in there than uh, and it's such a you know I've always been a fan of the band, but I never really dived full in. You know, I don't have like all their records. I don't even think I've heard all of their records. Um, but I, I they have know, records. I, have... I thought they just toured. <laughs> <laughs> um, I and think I, mean, I've, I I've only got remember one called This Toilet Earth. Yep, that's a good album. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's their fourth album. Um, but uh, but you know, and I've seen them in concert only one time. And oh man, that was so fun though. Oh, it was awesome. They always are. Yeah. I assume, have we all seen Guar in concert? Yes. Have we? I have not. No. Oh. Andy, I figured you'd be the one that was like sprayed with blood and everything up front. No, no. I mean, it's just like to me. They kind of remind me of like insane clown posse with like oh, Fago, no. you know? No, no. Well, I mean, just that. with like the just like with like the theatrics and like you know, kind of like a Gallagher concert. That's all I meant by that. Like, they're oh. nothing similar in in terms of that. Like, they they have Fago, but they never drink the fucking shit. I mean, they're always just <laughs> pouring it on their heads or spraying it everywhere. And um and you know, Gwar never takes any of their their BS seriously. It's all in jest and humor and you know, graphic and gross and disturbing humor by far, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh That's the best kind. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love their movies and um and whatnot. But uh but you know, it was cool because I you know, not being a super uber fan i learned a lot about the band that i was not aware of um i didn't know so when they made their movie um phallus in wonderland <laughs> it's that segment of the documentary is hilarious because they're they got nominated for a grammy for that movie and they're like <laughs> one of the band members is like yeah, somebody fucked up and got fired over that. <laughs> how in the hell does Gore get nominated for a Grammy? And it talks about them going to the Grammys in like full outfits oh, yeah. and tuxedos. It's freaking awesome, freaking awesome. Anyway, but uh, I highly recommend it. Even if you're not a Gore fan, I, I made Brandy watch it with me, who can it cannot do metal at all. She is not. She just 
it you know gives her anxiety but uh, she really enjoyed the documentary and even said she would go to a gore concert with me i know she doesn't truly mean that right <laughs> or and if she did she would quickly learn to regret it but uh but she did she even enjoyed the doc so i think you know there's something for everybody i would recommend checking it out Excellent. Is that all you've watched? That's sadly all I've had to Hey, that's to watch. it's all good. How about you, Jason? What'd well, you I uh, finally checked out the Beavis and Butthead do the universe. Yeah. My God. Nice. So funny. Yeah, it, it's like the ultimate, like, I just want to forget everything that sucks in the world right now and just turn my brain off for an hour and a half. It's just perfect for that. It really is. So dumb, but so <laughs> smart. It's, right. How does he do it? I don't know. It's like, how how do you put these characters from the 90s in the modern world? What would they do? They would buy all the nachos with a phone they found. That's yep. what they would do. <laughs> and it's so, fu- <laughs> it's so fucking stupid and funny. Um, I also watched, I believe it's new on Netflix, uh, The Gray Man. Ooh, yeah. With Gosling? With mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling and Chris the, Evans. Uh, Russo oh, Brothers' okay. new movie. Yeah, I just heard about yep. that. Billy Bob and Anna de Armas is in it. and She's awesome. Holy fuck, man. This movie is fucking awesome. I'm not like normally just an action movie kind of guy, but holy fucking shit, this movie kicks ass. And like, I always, I like uh, cocky people. Um, I just don't know. It's always, I just in, always enjoyed it in real life and in movies and stuff. Just uh, smart mouth stuff. But uh, that's Ryan, why we're friends, right? <laughs> right. But Ryan Gosling is like so fucking good at what he does. Like he can say anything he wants, and he can back it up. And like it's just incredible. He's so funny because he's just matter of fact and very straight laced with all the shit he says, but it turns out to be so funny because he just doesn't give a fuck and nobody can do anything about it because he's so awesome. And then Chris Evans is kind of the bad guy. And so that's neat to see Captain America as the bad guy. And, uh, yeah, it was just, just so action packed and amazing. It was great. Have you seen, have you seen the nice guys before? With yes. gasoline? Oh yeah, yeah, that's like he's uh, great in that too, you know, but more of a fumbling dumbass uh yeah. like action guy. But <laughs> but he, he can do so much, you know, the quiet, weird, like scary guy in drive. Uh he can be yeah. super funny. Oh, he's great. Lars and a real girl, like he, he can do it all, yeah. He he's he, he's, he's underrated. It's like not when he sees fair. that dead I'm sorry, but when he sees that dead guy in the nice guys and he just can't even talk <laughs> and he's he's going <laughs> Yeah. It's just gold. He's awesome. Yeah, it's not fair for someone to be that right. like talented and good looking, like fuck right off. Right. And he can do really yeah, good I music too. Super talented with in music too. Yeah. And the other last thing I watched, I forgot to say it last episode, but I really freaking loved it too. It's a new series on Paramount Plus. It's called Strange New Worlds. It's the new Star Trek uh, oh, show. Oh, okay. And I, I love Star Wars. I love Star Trek. I always thought I was more of a Wars guy, but I, you know, I guess if I had to admit, I'd seen a lot of the original and a lot of Next Generation. So it's just in there, you know. And I love the new 
the new series of the movies, the J.J. Abrams set with the first. Me too. First I like con- those better than the new Star Fuck Wars yeah. movies. Fuck yeah. And uh, yeah. I, I'm telling you, man, this show is fantastic. It, uh, it really captures the spirit of old Star Trek. Um, and it's real characters from the series on the Enterprise. Um, it's it doesn't have the biggest budget in the world, but yet they make uh, every they put every penny on the screen. Um, Spock's in it. A uh, little Uhura is in it as a cadet. Uh, man, it's if if you're looking for something modern w- that'll give you all the old Star Trek feels, I definitely recommend Strange New Worlds. I think I heard William Shatner talk bad about it. I don't know why, because he, uh, he well, does show yeah. up. Not He doesn't, but his character shows up. Um, That's probably why, because he wanted that paycheck and for him to show yeah. up. No, he, he's just a, he's just fresh out of cadet. He, just, he doesn't even, isn't even a captain yet. And, uh, yeah, he's... I believe he just he wishes said, he was Picard. He <laughs> says that, I, I believe I read the headline, which could just be clickbait bullshit. I didn't actually read the article that the original Star Trek creator is rolling in his grave over it. And I'm like, oh, no. You're, oh, you, wait, you should I be rolling. I remember seeing that, yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And, well, that's this Shatner is, for you. Oh, yeah. If he's not getting a paycheck, he's not going to say something nice about it. He's got a big rotten berry up his ass. Of all, <laughs> of all the modern Star Trek stuff, this one really captures the the vibe and spirit of the old stuff. It's amazing. And that's what I watched. Hey, Tad, what have you watched? Well, uh, you didn't even mention, how, how many shorts did you get to watch? 131 <laughs> short films uh, in four days. and My butt's still sore. Um, yeah, Snake Alley Festival of Film last weekend. Tad's little fest. 131 out of 131. I did it. You did it. What What were some of your highlights? Oh, see, that's the problem. He doesn't remember a damn one. Again. Well, he does, I, I, too. I know he I, does, because he announced a winner yeah. on stage. So. Yeah, Chris McEnroy's new movie, Guts. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. Award-winning Award-winning Guts. I'm so yeah. bummed I missed that. That's his new one. We'll get him submitted to Halloween, please. Yeah, you, yeah, you need to get a hold of him. Get I him will. To submit. I'd give him a pass for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, tons of things. I cried many times and i i had a fun me and the brett and tony ash and abe guys had our whole section in the back and just all four days all of us just sat back there and had a good time godzilla was there and everybody's there and got to see justin and scott beck and justin markson and everybody it was it was a hell of a good show tad good job buddy good job thank you knock it out of the park again it was a fun time, and that horror block, you guys were loud and rowdy, which was fun. <laughs> of course. I was I was upstairs filming your reactions for the filmmakers to send them. Nice. So, Because, you know, there's nothing better. If you can't be there, there's nothing better for a filmmaker to just hear an audience reaction to their film. That's like the ultimate payoff, I know. So yep. I know they appreciate when I send them the laughing or the screaming or a little bit of that. Uh, yeah, there was some there were some doozies in that adults only block uh, oh. meet meet friend and uh-huh. uh guts and then you know the the director's award winner um don't go where i can't find you which is creepy as shit yeah really cool stuff uh but i watched also 131 films <laughs> for the like fifth time yeah. uh and i actually did get some other stuff watched 
So last night I went and saw, as of recording this, last night I went and saw, finally saw Jordan Peele's Nope. Yeah. Uh, has anyone else seen it? No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, no. I will not spoil anything. Uh, Andy, you might like this one. I think you. this might be the Jordan Peele you I've, like. I've heard, well, I, I didn't necessarily dislike Us. I thought it was okay. Um, but I've heard, like, basically people are kind of 50-50 on it. I um, think you'll dig this one because there's not really any kind of statement he's trying to make. It's just a creepy, crawly movie. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there might be a little bit undertones in there that I'm not getting cause I'm an idiot, but, um, and I, I can't really even talk about it without spoiling anything, but it is definitely sci-fi horror. Really cool. Uh, a very, uh, I don't know. It, it felt almost too smart for me at times where I'm like, am I missing something? Then I had to like think a lot and I'm like, okay, I see where that connects to this. And, uh, but I, I really I really liked it. I need to see it on a bigger, better screen that's already in like the small theater at our theater, which bummed me out. I want to see it on an LDX or IMAX, but it's a beautiful film too. What were you gonna say, Andy? Oh, I mean, I I just heard that, you know, people are fifty fifty on it and um like either they like it or they don't like it. Like some of them are like if like just gigantic Jordan Peele heads, and they have like no like objectivity to it. They're just like if it's a Jordan Peele film, I like it anyway. Um, which you know, I'm I'm kind of guilty of that. But like, there's some Carpenter films that I just I can't watch, like The Ward or um, even Village of the Dam. I didn't even like. Um, but I mean, I probably I'm not, I'm in no rush to see it. But um, eventually, you know, if if the chance arrives, I mean, <laughs> this may sound like a dick. I will not pay to see it. But um, I if if it's on streaming, I might check it out. I'm not that much of a curmudgeon. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it now. This will be the Jordan Peele movie you like most. I think this that's, this that's one's, pl- that may, that might be plausible. I, might, I think that, know, I think this I'm one not, will res- resonate with you most. It's set in a more grounded reality. Uh, yeah, it's it's cool. Um, the one of my favorite parts. Um, this is not a spoiler. Is when the boomer in front of me opened his phone to do something, text mm. or something, and it was right when an usher walked in, and she walked up and embarrassed him in front of everybody. It was awesome. I wanted to Fuck get up yeah. and give her a round of applause for actually coming in and saying something to this piece of shit. Uh, and he was so embarrassed because he tried to like, he's like, oh, I was on my phone. She's like, you're still on your phone. Put it away. Like, <laughs> you're an adult. Yes. Like, Yeah. So oh. it's just good to like, it, it felt like the crowd was perfect. They were very quiet. Like it, it's, it, to me, it's almost a, a sign of a good movie is when, uh, yeah. it's, it's a full theater, but it's so engaging that no one wants to make noise and no one wants to. That's and even though we're all thinking what the fuck's happening, cause it's, it's, <laughs> it really is like, it takes a while to figure out what the fuck is going on in this movie. Um, which I, which I thought was really great is that it doesn't hold your hand. It's, it's very, uh, mysterious but uh yeah really fantastic stuff which in, which in turn should make it more engaging and make you watch 
Right. Because you want to know it. Yeah, and, and when people aren't on their phones and people aren't talking or, you know, they aren't distracted with something else, it's like, okay, we're all in this together, you know, it was, it was good. The only other thing I've really watched, I and I was just thinking about, uh, you know, looking at my letterbox and I didn't really have anything else as far as movies, but um, non-horror related, uh, are, are you, have you, have any of you ever seen Nathan for you on... Comedy Central. No. no. One of my favorite Mm-mm. shows of all time. Um, Nathan Fielder is a comedic genius in the weirdest possible way. No one else is like him. I can't believe he's convinced HBO to give him his own show after this. Um, it's called The Rehearsal. They promoted. They just started promoting it like a month ago. It's it's only two episodes or three episodes out now. And it, this is the... I just... I cannot even understand how the pitch went for the show how they got it made um because they the way they started promoting it they did not say anything about it like what it's about um the concept anything they just sort of putting out posters and stuff and then we're big nathan fielder fans here we've we've seen every episode of nathan for you and um he has a show it's called the rehearsal and basically he finds people who are in a predicament, like a weird situation where they either have to confess to somebody or they want to make a big life change or move. And he helps them rehearse it so that when they do this thing, they are ready. Um, the first episode is like, it has been my favorite so far. Um, he found this guy, he basically put it out on like Craigslist asking like, is there something that you've been wanting to tell a friend or a family member or loved one, but you've held it back and really just want to get it off your chest. And he finds this guy who I'm, I'm trying to make this as short as possible. Cause it's just so <laughs> ridiculous. So he, he finds this guy who is part of a trivia team and he's been lying to them and telling them that he, when they first met and, and formed this trivia team, they all had master's degrees and he lied about it and told them he had a master's degree and ever since then, his this girl in the group has been sending him like jobs that are required, like that require uh-huh. a master's degree and stuff, and trying to help him out. Uh-huh. And it's just been a burden on his shoulders, and he's stressed out about it. And this is like a reality show. This is a reality show. Um, and Nathan created—I don't know how the fuck he he managed to find the weirdest people and make the most uncomfortable show. I, well, I showed um, Nathan for you to my sister-in-law and I swear she almost crawled out of her skin and made her so uncomfortable because <laughs> he is such an awkward guy. But um, nice. so he, he goes to this guy's house and this is how involved this is. Okay. It's not just like, let's sit down and rehearse what you're going to say. It goes to, I cannot believe HBO pays for this. So he talks to this guy and finds out this woman on the trivia team is sort of a hothead and he's afraid to tell her because he's afraid she's going to scream at him and make a scene and, and um, be violent towards him even. So Nathan meets up with this guy. Um, We find out weeks before he sent a team to his apartment, this guy's apartment after they went back and forth through email and they figured out a situation um, claimed that they were there to like do some kind of maintenance to his place. They 3d scan his apartment while he's while he's distracted, they built a replica of this guy's apartment down to like the carpet, the nails, the books on the shelves, the videos, um, the brand of TV, the seats, the chair. I mean, exact replica of this guy's apartment in a warehouse. They hire actors that are like him and this woman. 
uh, I mean, it's just, I, I can't even explain to you guys. It, it, it gets to the point where he, he builds the, the bar that they play trivia in. He builds a replica of the motherfucking bar in a warehouse down to like a balloon that's stuck on the ceiling down to the coasters on every table. Um, HBO apparently just paid to have to build in a replica of this bar so that they could go there and they go through every imaginable situation, every response she could possibly say every, if they go into the bar and someone's at their table, what can you possibly do or say? Um, so basically run through this a million times with actors so that when he goes, he's completely prepared and, uh, it's just wild shit. I mean, and then they like film him really doing it. They film him. They they filmed the whole rehearsal, and it's it's a lot of it is like just the ridiculousness of. I mean, they follow these people around, and it get it, it's so involved, guys. That like he the, the this guy is worried that he's going to be distracted during trivia, and he will lose trivia. And this is he cannot lose trivia. This guy is sort of very neurotic <laughs> and weird. So Nathan and him are walking around like New York or something. And he's hired actors to sort of run into them or be in their path or um, subconsciously give him the answers to the trivia questions. So they're like riding and this guy cuts them off on a bike and the guy's like, hey, watch out, and rings a bell. And Nathan's like, man, I see these recumbent bikes everywhere. And then like two weeks later during the trivia, it's like, what is a bike you can sit on while riding? And the guy's like, oh, recumbent bike, yeah. He doesn't realize that Nathan's feeding him the answers because he's hired 25 actors to, yeah, it, it is wild. I, it's, it's like the wildest shit. I mean, it's it, it, the second episode that they have this woman rehearsing to become a mother. So they hire like 25 kid actors to speed up the process. So she starts with a newborn and like every day oh, it Jesus. goes up like to like a week old to a month old. And yeah. They, it, oh, it's it's so wild, guys. You have to just... It's on HBO Max. It's so worth it. Just watch the first episode. You're going to be like, what the fuck is this? This is wild, but you're going to laugh your ass off. Because uh, then we find out that Nathan has been rehearsing everything, too, himself, mm-hmm. on how to re- do this rehearsal. It's It goes so deep. It goes many, many, many layers deep. On the newest episode, they built an entire replica of, of Kane's Chicken Restaurant. Um <laughs> But yeah, this, the, the rehearsal with Nathan Fielder, HBO Max. Check that out. That's what I watched. Oh my! Wow! Awesome! Cool! Definitely have to check that out. Okay, baby, it's time to hit the pole. Here's Jason with pole position. From now on, like your parents were, you are the secret force of pole position. All right, let's take a quick look back at episode 265's pole position. The question, what are the scariest houses in horror movies? You remember your answers? Good. All right, you don't? I'll tell you what they were. And Saint Mike said Blair Witch and Evil Dead. That's right. Those are good answers, man. 100%. We'll see. Uh, Jason said Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Nightmare on Elm Street. Tad says... Poltergeist and Cabin in the Woods. Tad says, I lost this week. And Andy said, Amityville Horror and Bates Motel. Let's see how the people responded. Last place with 8%. Insane Mike. Are you fucking serious? (laughs) (laughs) 
How did you let Andy beat you? Ouch. He what put the? he put base motel. Wow. That's not even a house. Yeah. I'm calling shenanigans. <laughs> no, that well, the Bates Motel has a house. That's you put Bates Motel. I put the Bates house. And then second and third place tied with twenty three percent. That's Tad and Andy leaving me the victor with forty six percent of the vote. And what did you put? I had Nightmare on Elm Street and Texas Chance of Massacre. Oh, that's a pretty mm, good house. Texas chain, that's a tough one. Yep, yep, yep. Well, let's get into the poll position on today's episode. The question, who's who's the best bro from any horror movie? <laughs> uh, we're going to do our usual snake draft. We're going to do two rounds. Let's go to the random sequence generator. So Mike's one, I'm two, Tad's three, and Andy's four. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop. Beep. Oh, shoot. Mike's first. Woo! Gosh, dang it. Woo! Then Tad, dang it. And then Jason, thank God. And then Andy. So mm. Insane Mike, you're up first, brah. What's your first pick? Number 101. I'm going to go with my knee-jerk response when this uh, topic was posted because I cannot think of a more bro bro in any <laughs> horror movie. And that is Brad, played by yep. Alan Kaiser from Night of the Creeps. Pretty good. That's pretty good. It's mm. on my list. Gosh dang it. Bra. That's right. All right, Ted, you're up next. Number two. But this might, I don't know. This might either, you guys might be pissed because you might not consider this a bro, but I definitely consider him a bro. Okay. I'm going to say Ed from Shaun of the Dead, played by Nick Frost. Oh. Oh. Interesting. Okay. I mean, he sits around, he farts, he's a loser. He, you know, he's all about broing up with Sean to the point where that he almost breaks up their relationship because Sean and Ed, you know, can't find their own space. Huh. I don't know. You don't consider Ed uh No, I no, I bro. I, I see where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah, totally. It makes totally makes sense. Yeah, okay. and it doesn't take any of my picks. It's great. <laughs> Te- Tekken 2 all the way, man. <laughs> All right, well, I get my first pick. That's great. I'm excited. I'm going to go with Glenn Lance, Johnny Depp from A Nightmare on Elm Street. Hmm. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Man, football jersey. Football cut jersey. Up, like a uh, cutoff, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mike. It's trying to put downplay my pick. I heard that. No, no, not at all. <laughs> I think we're all taking different approaches. I know. No, it's all good. It's all good stuff. I, I, when we get to the end, I'll explain my picks because I actually have two different categories of picks. Jesus Christ! So. How many drafts are we doing? <laughs> well, honorable mention. All right, Andy, you're up with pick four and five. Oh, pick four and Bro. five. All right, I gotta go with, and he's he's totally there to the bitter end, you know, for a friend, for a bro. Um, he's all about partying and he's all about, he's all about women. I got to go with Stu Mocker, uh, from Scream. That's, I was considering that's a good choice. That's a great choice. Um, that's Matt, Matt Lillard. And for my fifth pick, I mean, he's definitely, he's definitely an alpha of, of, of the, of the bros, but, um, Let's just say he's. Let's just say he's not the the dean 
per se. Um, I got to go with uh, David Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland in the Lost Boys. He's definitely uh, he's definitely he's, he he definitely comes across as a bro to me. I can see that. Yeah. Well, shoot, that takes. I was, I was thinking about Jason Patrick, but I don't want two Lost Boys picks. Gosh. All right. Uh, I'm going with. Uh, oh man, there's so many good ones. Kurt Vaughn, played by Chris Hemsworth, Cabin in the Woods. Oh, that was He's on, on my mind. list. Yep, Damn. on my list too. Damn. All right, Ted, you're up. Man, Pick I have seven. two that are neck and neck. Um, I'm going to go with Zeke from The Faculty, yes. played by Josh Hartnett. That was oh, on my list. Mm. Yep, that's a good one. Even though he's not the jock, he's definitely, he's got the, d- oh, he's, yeah. he's dealing drugs out of his car, man. He's yeah. a bro. Yeah. <laughs> sure. All right, insane Mike, close us out. Okay, so... I just want to explain, like, uh, most. I think all of my bros fall into that jock category. Um, okay, bro. And jock or the preppy guy. And I have two cat, two categories within that. Well, technically three, <laughs> I guess. There's the, uh, there's the dick asshole bro that we all want, can't wait to get killed off yep. in the movie. Yep, yep. And then um, there's the good guy bros that come off as that trope of the of the dick jock guy but subverse it which is i was gonna say kurt because of that um from uh cabin in the woods so Mm. instead i'm going to go with chad by played by uh jesse moss in tucker and dale versus evil Mm -hmm. Mm. all right that's good i thought you were going to say Chad played by Tom Green in Charlie's Angels. <laughs> the, the Chad. Yeah, the Chad. That's right. Yeah. Well, any honorable mentions? I got uh, Tommy Ross played by William Cat and Carrie. He's oh, on my I list. Had him on yeah. my list too. Yeah. Yeah. Dennis from Christine played by yes. John Stockwell. Damn, yeah. I had yeah. him on my list too. Uh, Anton from Idle Hands. All three of them it could be bros. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got Skeet Ulrich, Billy from Scream. Yeah. Good one. Yeah, my list is done, so. Oh. Kurt, Adam Devine from The Final Girl. Oh, he was on my list, too. Good yeah. job. Yeah. yeah. That was the one I almost oh, said. Oh, yeah. Chad, I was going back Dang and forth it. on yep. that. Um, last couple ones, <laughs> you guys have said a lot of them on my list. So, again, I had the two categories, the jerk, the jerk bros, and then the ones that... Uh, Subverse that. So in the jerk category, I also have Tim, played by Doug Savant in um, Trick or Treat. Mm-hmm. And then then there's the middle category of the one bro that I can think of that is both the jerk and the nice guy all at the same time. I still, to this day, am confused on his relationship with the lead character of this movie. And that is Ron played by Robert Russler in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. Mm-hmm. Like, he's mm. fighting him, he's, like, depancing him, but then they're, like, best friends in the second half of the movie. I don't I don't freaking get it. <laughs> yeah. I wish we would have found, more, found out more about um, uh, 
Bob and Paul in Halloween. I think they those guys might have been bros. Yep, I mean, yep, definitely. Bob definitely has a bro van, you know. Um, but what's his name from uh, Halloween Two? Uh, the the uh, don't cry, my apple pie. The guy that's a uh, that's like a the EMT. Yeah, yeah, ambulance driver. Oh, yeah. Bud. Bud, yeah, he's a bro. Yeah, yeah, Leo <laughs> Rossi, bro. Yeah, but he's not going to yeah. get any votes because he fucking sucks. Yep. Yeah. Amazing Grace, please sit on my face or That's, whatever. The yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't make me cry. I need your pie. Yeah. All right, bros, get your votes in. Go to Twitter at aotkp. Let us know who your favorite bros in a horror movie are, and that is poll position. Sweet. Let's talk about some movies. Yeah. How's that sound? That sounds awesome. Sweet. Let's do it. Well, then why don't you go ahead and start then, Jason? Fine, I will. Let's talk about for the first movie tonight. Let's talk about the 2000 thriller. So I'm just saying <laughs> it. The Skulls. where tomorrow's leaders are groomed. Where did Mr. McNamara learn to row? In local sewers, I imagine. He's a townie. You won us the Ivy League championship three years in a row. That's all I know. In an organization... Are you ready to be reborn? ...where success is assured. Our membership has its pleasures, its hardships, and sometimes its pain. We live by the rules, we die by the rules. Gentlemen, welcome home. Luke McNamara is about to get an opportunity... He's only dreamed of. Senator, it's a pleasure to meet you. What do you think of all this? To be honest, it's all a little bit overwhelming. But if a secret society can give you everything you desire... This is your pre-acceptance to the law school of your choice. That's got to be a mistake. You are a skull. Imagine what they can take away. None of us are safe. What are you going to do? We live by the rules, we die by the rules. I want to know the truth about what happened that night. The surveillance cameras. So there's got to be tapes. Can you get any closer on this? Closer. I know what you did. It's time we remove Mr. McNamara. He's no longer loyal. This February... You keep digging, you're going to dig your own grave. Only an elite few ever get in. I have evidence. They erased the tape. Who? The skulls! They control everything! No one has ever gotten out. They're dead. If it's secret and elite, it can't be good. Would you like your life back, Luke? Deep within the hallowed walls of Ivy League's most prominent campus exists a secret society where power and elite are bred. Only a few are chosen to join where presidents are groomed, wealthy bloodlines bond, and plots thickened. For Luke McNamara, an invitation to join the prestigious secret college organization, The Skulls, is a dream come true. Until murder befalls another student. It's a first time watch for me. Me too. And, me as well. uh, I've seen this all 
plenty of times. And I, yeah, I, I mean, I think it lived up to why I kept skipping it all them years. <laughs> Whoa! It's a, it's a product of its time. It is. Okay? Yeah, it oh, is definitely yeah, comes from the Scream. I know what you did last summer, that era. Well, yeah, I was going yeah. to say, was this written in the 90s and they filmed it in 2000? Director definitely. Rob Cohen, he's done Triple X, Fast and the Furious, The Mummy sequels, uh, those kind of things. <laughs> Um, here's the thing. It's I I like Joshua Jackson. I think he's pretty uh cool. Um So does he. Hey. <laughs> Leslie oh, Bibbs great. Uh Christopher McDonald's awesome. Um but my my friend Corey Candy has made me hate Paul Walker. I just uh he can't he uh, his acting is hard to watch. And that's Corey's mm. fault, not Paul's fault. Well, I have good news for you. <laughs> hey, don't. That's not good news. <laughs> you don't have to see any more of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Too wow. Soon. And people have the nerve to call me the asshole. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, oh, Tad's the Damn, real asshole. Man, that's brutal. That's brutal. <laughs> so, like, um, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. But, like, um, so again, I like Josh Jackson, and it says. In that description, that it's a dream come true to get in the skulls, and then from the very first second he might be in the skulls, it feels like he doesn't want to be in the skulls. Yes, exactly. And I'm like, what? And then the other big uh, complaint is like, uh, I think the writers were just leaning on the audience to um, just accept what a secret society is because I don't know that they like followed what they said they were supposed to be. Like it just, it just turned into a little crime drama and that didn't really follow their own rules of, you know, like once you're in, you're in, you're like, but they didn't really show any examples of like, I don't know of how this is a good thing to be in. Yeah. They did when he went to, check his get money out of the atm and he was rich all of a sudden and he got a really nice watch and he had cars that is material materialistic you know is what these kind of guys and i think that's what i liked about and it's very a very big stereotype is that they're like joshua jackson came from nothing his you know we learned that his parents are both dead and he he still sees his old friends who were like thieves and stoners uh and sort of outcasts and losers, but he made it because he's smart. So he went to school to become, you know, to, to become something, make something of himself. And uh, he sort of struggles where it's like, I don't want to be a part of this thing, but it would be nice to not be broke. Cause it's, he, there's even a scene where he's like stressing about how he's going to pay for this, you know, and how he's going to, how uh, he's going to go to law school and, and, you know, Craig T. Nelson is in yep. this and, yeah. He's he he's yeah. well cast, I think. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I have a soft spot because this was like when I was in like middle school, and this was like, you know, this was on probably TBS all the time at midnight. My sister probably watched it a lot because it had Dawson's Creek people in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but sure. it, I mean, it's horror light. But it's like it came out. You know, there's like this era where it was like. I know what you did last summer. Um, the Scream sequels. Um, yep. I'm trying to think of what else there was. There was uh, a lot of stuff, right? Oh, um, Urban Legend. You know, it has that like really clean cinematography. 
you know, pretty people everywhere. There's not an ugly, what, what's considered ugly is that someone has like a nose ring. Uh, you know, it's, it's, the it's very, squ- of the floating head posters. Right. Yeah. And and there's a scene where girls walk into a room in slow motion to Creed. So, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll wait my turn. I'll wait my turn. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a product of its time, but for me, it's one of those movies that's just um, easily digestible. It's not something sure. I would sure. pull off the DVD shelf and put in. But if I'm falling asleep at 2 a.m. and it's on TBS, I will put it on. And uh, it's so weird. I haven't seen this probably in 10 years. And I still remembered like, <laughs> you know, the, the video footage of them watching. And I was like, oh, I remember the twist that when he fell, he's actually was alive and they killed him. The skulls killed him, you know, or following the, the bro, like the big security guard up that hides the tapes inside the library in like a secret hidden room. Um, and, and to me, secret societies have always been really interesting and cool. And the idea that this is like those things really do exist. Maybe not in this way, but to the fact that they'll have a fucking duel, but, um, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. it made me want to watch social network. Maybe I, uh, yeah, I, I had a friend whose sister that went to Yale and I think this, this skulls movie is based off of skull and bones, which is real. Um, and I asked her about it when one time when she was back. She just goes, I don't really know much about it, but I know where their building is. I know where they meet, and that, and that's about it. But um, as for pertaining to the movie, I mean, that's just like you're you're absolutely right, Ted. It's a product of its time. Like with the Creed music, with the girls <laughs> slow motion walking in, it's it's all very um, she's all that and slow motion walking, good looking, you know, pop song, but. Even when I was hearing Creed back in 2000, I was like wondering why people like it when there's just piping hot liquid shit pumped into their ears. But um, I mean, even Halloween H2O had Creed music in it. It's all like that era. Scream three, Scream three, too. yeah, um, all of it. It's just it's like what were what were they thinking? It's so bad now, but oh. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the slow motion walk while, you know, with a beautiful woman, the only person that's allowed to do that is Phoebe Cates. And for good goddamn reason. <laughs> um, but th- there's there's other problems that I had with this list. Like, I think, you know, you, you never really know who the true heavy is. And that's due, in fact, to the way that the story's being told. Like, they don't know, it really know who killed him. Uh this Joshua Jackson's friend. But at the same time, I think they just saw Paul Walker as such a baby face that they have him training in all these boxing segments. Right. And the only time he throws a punch to like anyone is when he ambushes, you know, Joshua Jackson in his um, apartment or where or, or his dorm room or anything and i was just like i think they just did that to try to make him look like tougher than you know he actually appeared because he looks like you know he's 17 years old and he just you know looks like he just got out of football practice or whatever i mean he just doesn't look he doesn't really look imposing as a heavy at all um what, what were some other things, you know, like, yeah, the, like you said, it's a product of the time. It was more 2000s than the actual 2000s were. Um, <laughs> the, uh, 
yeah, it was it was it was a lot more tamer than I thought it than I thought it would be. Um, yeah, is, um, is this like PG thirteen? I'd have to even look. I, I can't think. Maybe swearing. Yeah, it's PG thirteen, not even R. So. Yeah. Yeah, and just another thing, just like they say, secret society. It's a secret society. Well, you might want to, you know, take away the big giant spinning bat signal you have on your fucking house where you guys, <laughs> where you guys meet. It's not. I mean, the word "secret," you know, I'd say the cat's out of the bag when you're branding yourself on your wrist. You know, Tad, but, have, you, have you seen uh, either of the sequels, two or three? I have not. No, I think they're straight to video sequels. But yeah. no, I have not seen any. Just wondered. I mean, I didn't dislike it, but I was just like, man, there was there was just a lot of things that just really stuck out as like a sore thumb, and like you know, I, but it's it's forgivable because like like Tad said, it's a product of its time. Um, didn't you know? Wasn't in love with it. Didn't really dislike it, but yeah, not not something I'm going to be revisiting anytime soon i mean if i'm gonna watch a joshua jackson horror movie it's probably gonna be urban legend yeah i promise i didn't fall asleep mike i wasn't doing other things i was paying attention but i did i miss some scenes because it (laughs) just really felt like on days of shooting they were pulling pages out and saying "Nah, we don't need that it just seems to jump from point a to point d um, Mike, it's two hours seconds. and twenty-two minutes. But yeah, it still feels like there's a ton of information missing. It's I felt like we didn't really learn much about this guy who's trying to join this fraternity until way after the initiation scene. So I'm like, okay, what, what, why is this guy? I, I, at that point, I wasn't even sure who our lead character was. Um, even after that scene. You know, when he meets up with his friends that he's that he dissed when he's asking them for help, like where these guys come from? There's no reference to these guys at all. I mean, it takes most of the movie for me to realize most of this guy's backstory, and so there's such a disconnect in as far as like, you know, what you guys were saying before about how he wants to be part of this fraternity, but he doesn't at the same time, and all this, that, and the other thing, and I just didn't get it, and. I, I should have taken better notes because I know there was other moments too where I'm just like, did I miss a scene? This, this would have been explained in a previous scene, right? Before we got to this point. Anyway, <clears throat> I didn't hate it. Uh, you know, I thought it was thought it was pretty decent. Um, I just want to warn uh, the listeners though that don't go in with a certain expectation because I was I was kind of expecting one thing, but I don't let expectations anymore try to i try not to let them ruin a film for me so i still enjoyed this for what for what it actually was um but i i just feel like it could have it was almost there it's just like there was things that they could have done different that would have maybe pushed this movie over the edge just a little bit more maybe being more dark and more mysterious because i felt like it was going it started going in that direction where almost like the fraternity itself was its own entity and and was bigger than the individuals to where kind of like the movie Cube where where like there's people that built this there's people that run this but it's happening on its own beyond you know beyond the beyond an individual's control and i think if like they did more of something like that it really maybe would have escalated this film 
And then, and then just like the activities of the cover up and and the things that this fraternity did, um, could, you know, it could have been more dark and mysterious. I mean, the lead guy kind of figures things out a little too quickly, a little too early, to where it kind of takes away from the tension of what the organization is supposed to be about. And then and there's just like things here and there that I that I like that I thought it could have been better. I liked the senator character, but I didn't really care for the performance of the guy and some of the scenes that was written with him because I, I liked the fact that um, he was kind of helping the kid behind the scenes, uh, you know, become victorious. And I, I just like that. And I like the f- idea of like a politician character, um, you know, escaping the tropes and like of, of a politician character in a movie and being secretly one of the good guys and helping pull the strings for the good guy in the film. But then there's moments of like, oh, he's being blackmailed now because he was getting it on with a 17 year old, you know. Uh, behind it, behind his wife's back, and I'm like, oh, you, now you're gonna make me not like, want to like this guy now. Uh, but you know, even there, all the way to the end, you know, and it's just like the senator's like, you know, you know, someday I'll call upon a favor from you, and the kid, the kid's just like, I don't want anything to do with any of this. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, you know, you're thinking, well, the senator, I guess, is a jerk. But then, like, when he's leaving, he's like, you know, good job. You know, he, did, he says it under his own breath and not to the kid. So it's like, oh. So that was like a test too, um, but then but it's too late because it's like I already know this the senator character is already a piece of crap. So so that's a bummer. It would have been nice to maybe you know have like an inside an inside guy that uh, that we could root for and like that does help the kid out. I didn't mind Paul Walker. I thought he was decent in his performance of like a complete and total idiot <laughs> who doesn't know what the hell's going on at any given time really um bro he's totally a bro character so yeah and i agree with all of you it's definitely a product of its time it felt very very 90s um you know but uh but not necessarily bad i mean again i i enjoyed myself i didn't regret watching it or anything so and you can watch this one on peacock <laughs> all right well before we go on to the next movie here's tad with a little bit of trivia about the skulls this film is included on the film critic roger ebert's most hated list oh, <laughs> nice <laughs> that was the most interesting thing i could find about the skulls <laughs> all right cool fair enough Thanks. they wouldn't let him in yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tad, what do we got up next? Or I Andy? Or I meant Andy. Sorry, <laughs> I was gonna say thanks, Tad, for the trivia. Andy, what movie we got up next? Okay, bros. Our next movie comes to us from 1988, and it is called Pledge Night. <laughs> Each year, this wild fraternity pledges six new members. This year, there is one difference. Beyond these doors, within these walls, for these college students, Pledge Night is about to begin. Pledge Night. 
Pledge Night. Brothers to the end. The very end. Okay, a college fraternity in the middle of hazing their new pledges during Hell Week incur the wrath of a long-deceased pledge who died during a ha- during a hazing gone wrong 20 years ago. Um, yeah, this um, is a lot of good 80s cheese. Um, you've got the soundtrack by a thrash metal band um, called Anthrax, yeah! which... which which is fun, which is fun. Um, and Whether actually, it fits or not, it's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, right? Um, but, I mean, it, a lot of it starts out with a lot of the real stupid, corny shit that um, uh, fraternity brothers play on their on their pledges. They make them do a lot of gross stuff, like picking, doing like this. Um, picking up cherries with their assholes, yeah. With, yeah, with their assholes, and uh, and and it's sitting on blocks of ice, and it's just done for their own morbid sense of amusement, and they and, and they call it brotherhood, you know, it's just like I can be your friend without picking things up with, without picking things up with my ass. Um, they have um, you know, tie uh, strings to their dicks, you know, and then attach to the corn cob, and when a girl asks about the uh, corn cob. Um, you know, they said, you know, pull on it and find out, you know, which basically it yanks the string and then it yanks their dick. And they have things called pig parties, which you don't get more fucking bro than that. That's pretty, you know, disgusting, you know, where they just invite town girls and try to bone them. And which, which another scene during that, that I thought was weird. These guys are all masculine and stuff. And, you know, they've got like a stripper that's probably 57 years old and, you know, mostly plastic <laughs> from what I can tell. And this guy goes up there like this, the shortest, you know, like scrawniest, big mouth, most punchable one. And he, you know, he gets knocked in the face by her, you know, silicone, you know, and he's all happy. And then he says, let's turtle. So he wants a bunch of, you know, grown men jumping on top of him, which I was just like, okay, that was a, that was a choice. That, that was a 180. Um, but anyway, they're, they're pulling all these pranks on them and they have one guy named Dan, I believe is his name. Um, have him be like, uh, the bat the, they call him the bad man, which, you know, um, they make him seem like he's, you know, he's crazy and he's scaring all the pledges and they're faking stabbing. So when everything, anything like violent goes wrong, um, they believe that it's all part, part of the gag, you know, and things go really wrong when, um, it turns out Dan is actually, um, you know, here's spoiler possessed by a pledge that died 20 years ago in the same house and he's uh, he's going around um, starting to kill all these you know fraternity members and and the pledges as well you know because he's pretty pissed off and it turns out he was boiled in like some acid bath in, in the late sixties um you know and then and then there's a there's a tie to one of the main characters which you know I won't I won't really give that away but. Um, the uh, there's a lots of there's lots of you know interesting kills. Um, unfortunately, Dan has a more annoying laugh than the chick from uh, what's that? What's that one? Uh, the the Indonesia movie where the that real crazy lady. Uh, Bot mystics in Bali. Yes, yes. She, he has a witch. worse laugh. 
Yes, he has a worse. <laughs> yes, she ha- he has a worse laugh than than her uh, than than the lady from. What the about Sticks the nanny? Valley. Ooh, Fran, Fran? Fran dresser. Ooh. Yeah, not quite as bad. Well, yeah, she's she's a little bit easier on the eyes than what Dan is. So I mean, she can kind of <laughs> get away with it. Um, but yeah, there's lots of unfortunately, um, a lot of the gore you don't get to see when like. Um, for instance, when Dan's sta- um, stabbing like the the the, the short um, little annoying um, fraternity brother in the back with like anything that he can find on like this um, work table, like screwdrivers, scissors, you know, you know, you don't get to see it. You just, just get to see him reacting to it. And unfortunately, a lot of the cooler deaths um, uh, happen off screen like when a guy gets a cherry bomb put in his butthole and he basically just you know blows his bunghole out which you know too bad we couldn't have seen that because i know you love blowing bungholes so yes i do i do exploding asses um you guys are gross (laughs) well we're kind of you know we're on a horror podcast um but yeah, I mean, it. This is a second time watch for me. I actually purchased this um, from Vinegar Syndrome a while back. Um, truth be told, I mean, I kind of like it. Um, the uh, the heavy in it, it kind of um, he kind of puts off the since it's from the '60s and he's burned. He almost puts off a very slight Lanyard Gates from Popcorn kind of vibe to me. I mean, that's just. I mean, I guess yeah, that's probably kind of reminds yeah. me of it uh, just a little. Um, but, and he was actually the young Sid, uh, Sid Snyder, which is the, uh, the heavy's name. Um, it says, um, I actually, actually I'll leave that to Tad. He might've looked it up. Um, uh, anyway, I don't know where I was going, but after that, but I mean, it was all, uh, looks like was shot in, in one house. I mean, there's, there's very few, um, other locations, but um yeah kind of a neat little obscure um college movie i mean it's kind of up there with um the house that drip blood with me it's it's similar in that way um anyway um i will sh- i'll shut up uh, i will let you guys have at it go for it well i'll just say um <laughs> Uh, this was a first time watch for me, and this movie somehow I never got around to it back in the day. But I remember just being excited for it when it was covered in Fangoria and Gore Zone. Yeah, you I know. assumed you would have because it has a toilet on the cover. Yeah, st- holding a banana, an arm sticking out holding a banana, like yeah. perfect, right? Um, I just never got yeah. around to it, so uh, it was a first time watch, and. Um, you know, some good, some bad. Uh, I, I, it's it's weird to say like I enjoyed the first half with all the initiation stuff. I thought that some of that was like fun and inventive. Yes, the pig party was was rather, you know, disgusting and deplorable. Um, but you know, hey, it was the eighties, I guess, right? Um, but uh, you know some of the Wherever some of the initiation stuff I thought was imaginative. Now I did watch this before I watched this before the skulls. So when I'm watching the skulls, I'm thinking, man, those pledges and and pledge night were wimps because 
they really branded them in in um, the skulls. They faked it in uh, Pledge Night. Um, but I, and I like the idea of them, uh, you know, um, setting up the one guy to be like crazy, and so all the pledges are like all, all tense and freaking out the whole week, and all this that and everything. And you know, you're just waiting for all that to go horribly wrong, not knowing where the where the plot of this is going, but knowing it's a horror film. Um, <clears throat> maybe all that stuff was too long. Because it takes forever to get to the horror element of this film. Yeah. And by the time you get to the Sid backstory and then uh, and then the, the, the ghost of Sid, which is obviously, this definitely needs to be on the list of, of Nightmare on Elm Street ripoffs. Because it's a ghost character that's horribly burned, right? So, um, and then he tries to do a couple of one-liners, but they just wow. don't land very well. <laughs> um by by this movie by your by your rationale, wouldn't Nightmare on Elm Street be a burning ripoff? But he wasn't he wasn't a ghost. He was like a real dude. Nah, all right, fine. Yeah, I had a, I had in my notes that uh, I was sort of taking notes while doing this. I said, twenty five minutes in, and we have yet to see any horror. Yeah. And then finally, thirty two minutes in, we see our first kill. A fla- but it's a flashback. So it took 32 minutes of a 90-minute movie to get our first hint of horror. Yeah, were they thinking they were making like a, just a, a, a college romp comedy and then realized it wasn't funny enough, so they decided to add horror to it? I don't know. but uh, Animal House, it is not. It is definitely not an no. Animal House, no. Uh, it definitely suffers from um, its low budget and all that, but uh, I think it, I think it's fun and goofy and um i found it entertaining i feel bad though because i i love anthrax ac dc gets maximum overdrive yeah queen gets flash gordon and poor old anthrax gets pledge night i mean come on it's not fair <laughs> it's not fair, it's not fair. Yeah, what are you gonna do yeah guys uh hi mom always said if you don't have anything nice to say <laughs> Yeah, this this one is not for me. I didn't didn't enjoy it. I honestly wouldn't think you did. You, it's definitely it falls it's into not, my category. It's, of it's 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 so bad that it's fun, but I know you don't always get that. So. No, yeah, it, I'm with I'm with Mike on this one. It's it's not for everybody. Yeah, I yeah, it's just it's yeah, super low budget, super bad acting. I I, I just couldn't fucking wait for the three foot guy who is barking instructions at the pledges trying to be intimidating that's a good payoff though yeah at least he gets it and it's like ugh. but uh yeah this one uh didn't have a lot of fun so i <laughs> i didn't i didn't mind uh, it myself i i mean maybe i was just like we, we have a good mix of movies on this one like from different eras mm-hmm. and different tones and uh you, to go from something, it's it's like literally on the opposite end of the spectrum from the skulls. It's like the skulls yep. is high budget, pushed out with pretty people that uh, are being used for their looks, and it's highly polished from a big studio. Uh, and this is like no budget. Um, we're going to use anthrax as our selling point. And uh, no looks, no good looks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like Andy said, even the stripper—you can't get a good-looking <laughs> stripper. Come on. Uh, 
but yeah, I mean, looking back at this, it's definitely, you know, very, again, a product of its, its time. And the, the IMDb says 88, some places say 90, somewhere between the late eighties and early nineties. But, uh, definitely some, uh, things that are not to PC today that would not fly today. But I mean, that's sort of, I don't think they're doing any, uh, for many fraternity movies these days anyways, but, uh, you know, it's a throwaway frat bro slasher horror from the eighties. Uh, if there's nothing else, I like the soundtrack and it was short. So I mean, silver lining mm-hmm. on everything, you know, the music was cool and, uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't even 90 minutes, an hour and 26. So, uh, it, it felt like it went by fast, and I never got too bored with it. So, and you can watch it on Shutter. And if you don't have Shutter, check it out. Use our code AOTKP for month. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay, then before we move on, let's check back in with Tad. See what trivia he's got for us on this one. The trivia on this one might be more interesting than the actual movie. So I think Andy alluded to this earlier. Young Sid in the movie is played by Joey yeah. Belladonna, who is the lead singer of the metal band Anthrax. Yes. Um, I just want to add to, real quick on that. Yeah. To, sorry to interrupt. But back in the day when I was reading about this in Fangoria, I assumed that Joey was Sid throughout the whole movie. Mm. And, uh, yeah, not just a cameo. Sort and of. then so that was a bit of a letdown to learn that he was just that just in that the... one scene. Yeah. Um, Joy Snyder, who is a writer of this, um, I guess was a porn writer before this movie. This is uh, this film was submitted to the MPAA five times, and <laughs> the more explicit moments of gore had to be toned down in order to secure an R rating. Um, and this is the only movie written or produced by Joyce Snyder that isn't X rated. Um, it was also her. La- it was also her last film. After this, she became an author. Um, and also one thing, I don't even have this in my notes, but I saw it and I thought it was sort of, uh, interesting. She's sort of the, uh, like a female creep because of her porn background. She made everybody, every, uh, man who auditioned get completely naked in front of her during the audition. Huh? To see if they would be comfortable with it. Well, when you're shooting porn, I mean, how else do you audition? Do the dudes even get naked in this movie just some butts picking up cherries i guess yeah Yeah. and i think uh i also read uh that the actor andy was referring to with the awful laugh he was only cast because of his laugh he did it in audition (laughs) he did it in audition and they thought oh you know what a laugh we have to have him in there and yeah it may have been okay once but when it's like throughout the entire fucking movie yeah yeah all right, thanks, Tad, for the trivia on Pledge Night. Um, so, Tad, what's our next movie we're going to talk about? Our next movie is my favorite of the bunch from 2015. It is Dude Bro Party Massacre 3. In part one, she got revenge. Oh, no! Decided to have more revenge. <laughs> this summer, Motherface returns for the final chapter. I'm here to find out who murdered my brother. So brutal. <laughs> so twisted. So. So. You've ruined my life! 
so offensive. It was banned in 18 states and never released. Mother face is rising on the harvest moon to kill the Delta buys. Joe, weekend at the lake? It'll be like a dude bro party. Like Easter for men. Are you guys daft or something? Mother face is back! The dude bros will taste their own blood. Dance with me. But my investigation. Now we dance. Lick the inside for a 3D experience, little shit bag. What a trailer. Um, <laughs> what and, a movie. I yeah, what a movie. one just for this. Yeah, to go along with that ridiculous trailer, there's a ridiculous storyline on the internet that I'm just going to have to read. Um, Dude Bro Party Massacre 3 follows Brent Chirino as he enters the oil-misted halls of the Delta Bi Theta fraternity. Brett isn't just any pledge, he's a legacy, and it's a legacy of death. See, Brent is here to solve the mystery of his identical twin brother Brock's murder, and he'll do anything to crack the case, even attempt the frat's most daring prank of all time. After the Delta Senior prank causes two commercial jets to collide over an orphanage, they're punished to a weekend at the old sorority house by the lake, but they're not the only ones there. A mysterious killer named Motherface lurks nearby. She knows the bro's deepest fears, and she's taking advantage of those fears to pick them off, one by shirtless one, in increasingly gory ways. It's a race against time for Brent to discover the mysteries of his brother's death before Motherface butchers them all. So this is a, the way this is presented, sort of mentioned that in the trailer, is that the only, we're watching the only copy of this that was taped off of like a late night showing because the movie has been banned, so there's these little commercial breaks as if it was on oh. VHS. Uh, I fucking love yeah. this, guys. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm, it's I'm awesome. so It's been on my list forever. Um, I've seen it. It used to be on Shutter. It's been everywhere. Uh, my, my bro, Greg Sestero's in this. Yeah. Um, Every time I think of this movie or I watch this movie, I always forget yep. until I see him. Like, oh, yeah, Greg Sestero's and, and he's Yeah, and he's a perf- like, perfect casting for him in this. He's hilarious. Everybody mm-hmm. in this is hilarious. This oh, yeah. premise is hilarious. I love this. This, is, this feels sort of like um, uh, what's, the, what's the group that did, like, the editor and Manborg? Uh, Astron. Uh, Astron, Astron 6. 6. Yeah, definitely has that Astron 6 vibe to it. Not quite as weird, but um, it, it's really tough to sort of do this on purpose camp and make it work. Either it's, it falls flat and sucks or it's, you know, good. And this is, to me, good. This is... This is so entertaining and something I'm, I would probably have to seek out the the Blu-ray or DVD or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is just a blast. I mean, this is a this would be a fun movie to watch with a crowd. Oh man, uh, you know Perfect the uh, party Yeah, I know. Yes. Th- this is one that would fit in there so well. Uh, the idea that it's the third in the in the series and the st- half the time the story doesn't make any sense and it looks like it's shot on VHS and you can tell they are just having a blast making it. This this ruled. What do you guys think? They got Larry King to be in this movie. Yeah, Patton Oswalt. Yeah, Patton Oswalt is <laughs> is a much bigger feat to me 
Larry King was in freaking Larry, ghoul school but Larry for crying King's out loud. Even oh, was good he? in this. He's good in this, though. I thought. In but, and the, the dean was Nina Hartley. Yeah. Um, and let's not forget Andrew W.K., guys. Yeah. Come on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Show, yeah, show up and he's there. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. This movie's fucking yeah. crazy. It's crazy, uh, and just, I love it. It's just, it's a, it's a total insane Mike movie to me, man. Like, it's crazy quotable, too. You know, like, um, I know I haven't done a line of the film in a while, but one of my favorites was from Turbo when he says, watch me not give a shit. Watch me not give a shit. Oh, All the just... grief they give the girlfriend every time she shows up is so fucking funny. <laughs> that poor girl. Oh, my God. I brought you beer. Like, you aren't supposed to be here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's, it's one and the guy's, like, quoting or quoting out of, like, the book, like, you need to be outside, page such and such. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a thousand jokes a minute kind of movie while being over-the-top gore. You know, it's just oh, yeah. the things we love. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is like, this is a parody movie, a satire movie yeah. for the modern age. Like, this is, this should be the next evolution of that kind of film. Um, you know, and I put that in there with like Psycho Gorman and, and stuff like that. Mm. But, but like, it's the next evolution after things like Naked Gun and Airplane and whatnot. Yep. God, yeah, these, so these directors, Tom Jacobson, Michael Rosselet, and John Salmon. They ran, I guess, a website like Five Second Films where they made mm. five second no budget films and uh, they made a trailer for this. And it was like so popular that they're like, what if we made this a real movie and did a, a like a crowdfunding thing? And I think it's, it was like 200,000 bucks and they uh, they made this. And it's it, you can tell mm. it's like literally, like Jason said, it feels like five-second movies all like put together oh, you can, over. You and can over. tell with them little commercial interlude breaks. You never yeah. get full things, but yeah. they still tell little stories. It's yeah. fucking awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. And so so funny. This, uh, and this doing is definitely that, doing I'm that sorry, too. Just, as far as like uh, it being like like the video look to it and all that, I think was a really smart move as far as kind of hiding the fact that they didn't have a whole lot of money because right. it really. That the the no budget quality of it really plays into the the whole film itself and the humor of it. It's definitely the Zucker brothers on speed or cocaine or whatever. It's, <laughs> I mean, it, it, I I want to rewatch it again because what what when I was when I was I was thoroughly entertained, but it's just like like you said, there's so many jokes a minute. Mm. Like you feel like you could. It, that's what makes it, you know, so re- rewatchable to me. I mean, I got a feeling this is this is definitely going to end up on my shelf. Yeah, it's, yeah, I need to own this. Yeah, I'm surprised I don't yet. Mm. <clears throat> so funny, so good. Yeah. So <laughs> what do you? It's hard to. Uh, this has happened before, like with the Mastron Six movies. There's like so much happening. It's hard to even talk about because there's so many jokes. I can't even begin you can't to really do remember a deep, it all. I know. You can't do a deep dive, you know. You well, just, <laughs> a you fun just killer. Experience it. Jokes the whole time. Yeah, and there, there's a fun killer that uh, and, and some really great kills. Um, and, like, just fun little cameos that aren't distracting, but it's, like, perfect for this type of thing to have cameos to be like, holy shit, this person's in that? Holy shit, you know, uh, random ones, like you said. 
uh, Larry King, like, what the fuck when he pops up? I, Patton Oswalt to me, like, he will do f- things that he thinks are fun, like little indie projects that, mm-hmm. that you know, I can imagine he, he probably knows these guys somehow. Um, I mean, I was watching it, and as someone who has watched a room way too many times, even uh, Derek, who's played by Greg uh, Sestero in the movie, says, the flowers, the music, the champagne, which is the line from the room. <laughs> I'm like, they, they literally just took a quote from that movie, and I, th- I think I read like one of the... Um, the director's Michael Roslett, uh, he's considered patient zero of the cult following surrounding the room because uh, oh, he was nice. one of the only people to see the movie upon its release, uh, like in hmm. its initial oh, its initial release before it became a cult uh, sort of classic. So, I just love it because, like, on the surface, it is the dumbest movie ever made, <laughs> but it, yet it's it's. Uh, it's fucking smart, man. The writing's mm-hmm. so goddamn good yep. in all its dumbness. I don't know how to explain it. Truth be told, I thought I was gonna uh, fucking hate it. Really? Oh yeah. I really, I really did. Or? I thought it going going into it. I didn't. I didn't watch the trailer. I just, oh, just I went in name. blind. I was just like, <laughs> "Am I getting? Are you serious? You know?" I th- going in. I thought I was just gonna be like, "Oh God, I'm gonna want to claw claw my eyes out." But I loved it. It's Absolutely brilliant. loved it. Brilliant. I have to say, my only complaint about the whole thing is that these three directors have not done anything since. Uh, they need to be doing more stuff. They really do. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to nail this kind of humor at, at this uh, level, and yeah. they, they do just nail it. You know, this surpasses anything trauma. Oh, you know, a million times. It's uh, it you know, but but you could still feel like it goes into that category. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. It's like Lloyd needs to uh, to take some lessons from these guys as far as that that mix of of satirical horror humor. Yeah, I mean, I th- even get back to making you know I don't know if they have but like get back to making some shorts like yeah you know, they yeah. I think they they would they, it makes me think of some of like the the crazy fun stuff I've seen at festivals um, that play like the midnight blocks you know this is this is like perfect fit for that style where. You know, you don't need a whole lot of budget, and you 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 sort of hide it with the uh, the way it's filmed and look. And yeah, I, to me, I just I love this. This was a blast. I mean, it, you had to describe it as fun. Like it's just yep. so fast paced. It just goes, goes, and goes. Yeah, I was sort of bummed when I started watching it that like Nikki didn't join me to watch Aww. it. I was like, oh, she would have really liked this one. She loves bros. <laughs> That's not true. I do love. I love the the. Everything about the motherface character, I love the the look. The name is cool. Like, mm-hmm. like, like they it, unlike other horror parody movies. Like, this is probably one of the best. Like, could almost transcend into watching a film series with this character. You know, uh, its own franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Student Bodies had the Breather, which was basically yeah. a guy wearing rubber gloves. Whoopee. Um, you know, scary movie. It's just the scream mask. You know, so like th- they put some effort into. You know, I like the 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 cool looking yet still really bad because you could see the separation of the skin from the face of the of the mask and everything. It's just the mother face is awesome. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Go check that out. It's on. Where did we Tubi. watch this on Tubi? And I've seen it on Shutter at times, so I'm guessing yeah. it'll be one that will, you know, come back from time to time. I think Shutter sort of, uh, yep. you know, does seasonally like it'll it'll pop back up. 
hopefully soon. And I would love to see Joe Bob's take on this one. Oh, oh that would be awesome. Wow. Interview wow. those guys. That would I would love to hear their take on mm-hmm. it. But Joe yeah. Bob would share so much cool information about it. But speaking of cool information, what do you have about this movie, Tad? There's a lot on this one. Um, and I mentioned a little bit about, you know, the the directors being five from fivesecondfilms.com. But um, I had to figure out why Larry King was in this. And he was cast after he expressed interest in being killed in a feature film while actually interviewing the Five Second Films group. So he was interviewing them on his show and was like, I'd like to die in a, in a movie. And they made it happen. Nice. Um, and then the other one, I, the other fact I found that was uh, interesting, the filmmaker set a goal to try to break the record for most kills in a slasher movie. Um, the record was previously held by The Summer of Massacre from 2012, which had a body count of 155. So apparently this beat that. But <laughs> Are they cheating by counting the fact that, they, that the fraternity wiped out an entire town with a flood? I'm guessing so. Yeah, I don't know. Or squash the orphanage. We need to get um, Brett and Tony gang on this one because yeah. they do the body count. So oh, uh, if they want to watch this and figure out exactly the number... I, I recommend they check this out, and this would be a fun one for them to do too. Oh yeah, I just I love it when they're in the lake and they're obviously in in, in you know standing water, and, they, <laughs> and yet when that body falls into it and it just sinks, sinks and sinks and sinks until you get to the the destroyed town. Yeah. Oh, and there's there's a part where uh, they're outside and they're supposed to be in a forest, but it's clearly a bunch of fake Christmas trees. <laughs> They just filmed it in someone's. I, I think I read oh. they filmed it in someone's backyard, and they just uh, grabbed a bunch of discarded uh, Christmas trees and some fake ones, and, and just put them out in the yard. And that's the forest now. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that's so awesome. Sweet, awesome. Was that it for trivia? That's that it for trivia. All right. Well, and that is all for your initiation into the Killer Podcast fraternity. Sorry you didn't make it in, but uh, don't worry. There is still more Attack of the Killer podcast to come. We're going to take a quick break so you can hear a promo from our podcast network, the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. Did you know there's 31 shows on the network? It's got such cool shows as The Movie Defenders. That's right. The Movie Defenders is a podcast which discusses the positive aspects of popular movies. Most movie review podcasts spend the entire time tearing down the movies you love instead of celebrating them. Well, the movie defenders take popular movies that have been ridiculed by critics and defend them. Hence the title, Movie Defenders. (laughs) Listen to the fun discussions of the movies you love or perhaps reconsider a movie again that you didn't like as much as you wish you did. If you like movies... You found the only podcast with movie reviews that loves them as much as you do. They're good bros. That's right. They are really good bros. They're good bros. So check out the Movie Defenders and all the other shows at thepfbn.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the show, and now it's time to hear from you guys, the listeners. Here's Jason with Shoutouts. It's time for... Shoutouts! All right, we asked one of your favorite bro horror movies, bro, and we had some answers right off the bat. Brian Clark, what, dare I ask, is a bro horror movie? <laughs> bro. Um, bro. Well, and that's what I'm listening right now, Brian. There's like now 10 you know. people who say. <laughs> Tim Lenner says, possibly one that the tracksuit goons liked, and then he put a picture. And then Jonathan says, come on, bro. And Tad says, oh, a real answer. Oh, I think Frat Bros Club Society's any kind of douchebags. And John says, John says, yeah, dudes being bros. A- I don't, that's all he just wanted to know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Abe's uh, attacker, Abe, says the Jersey Shore is pretty horrific and very bro, but probably not what you were going for. <laughs> Brian Clark comes back with an answer. Ghoulies go to college. Ooh, good <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, up next, we got Attack of Brett Royer. He says, Dude, bro, Party Massacre 3. Yeah, and Derek Wyrather says, That was my answer. <laughs> yeah. <woo. laughs> Good answer. Definitely. And then uh, Lisa from the Bad Movie Bunny podcast on the PFPN. She says, I'm going to go with Terror Train. The frat Lots boys oh. got theirs as the catalyst yeah. prank was Pretty foul. Talk about some dickhead frat <laughs> boys in that one. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good yeah. answer. And then lastly, we got Tim Lenerer. He says, hmm, maybe Bruiser? It's certainly the most brotastic thing George Romero ever did, and its politics yeah. haven't aged nearly as well as pretty much anything else that Romero directed. Nice to see Jason Fleming get a lead role that just blank face Mask is pretty striking. It is really striking. I like that. Mm-hmm. What my you have comments, you have things to say. You're I'm, making faces I'm over not, there about I'm not Bruiser. I'm sure what he's meaning by that. Is that a good thing or a bad thing calling Bruiser a bro movie? Bro, come on. Cuz Bruiser's awesome. Well, yeah, that's what Tim just said. Okay. Uh, we Let's don't have a, sure. <laughs> That's that's over in our Facebook group. If you guys listen and you haven't uh, joined up on our Facebook group, get in there. That's where all the fun stuff is. Ted's always giving us news, and I'm always reposting it months later. And it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a cool <laughs> one place time, to be. Well, one time, one trailer. I just had to give you a hard time. It's what you do, bro. It's hard. It's, cool. it, it's hard for it, I was like, it's hard for anybody to get in, one in on me because I'm always posting right. it the minute shit posts. So it is true. So, yeah, stay current with your horror news in the Attack of the Killer podcast group on Facebook. Um, we didn't have anything on Twitter or Instagram, but uh, the phone is ringing. Hello? Hey, everybody. It's Hacker Brian here. Sounds like we're doing bro horror this week. And when we talk bro horror, we got to talk about the battery. Two baseball player bros fighting off zombies. And then go a little different direction because I think this is bro horror too. We go good night, mommy, because they are bros. They're actually brothers, but yeah, that's bros. Hope you guys all have a good week. Take it easy. Bye. All right. Thanks, yeah. Godzilla. Hello, attacker bros. This is Aaron Reese from the Campfire Indoctrination podcast. My favorite bro movie has to be the grease-muscled 
rippling bicep goodness of the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers film, Predator. Hey, bro, mind if I work in? Ah, oh, feel the burn! Yeah, that's right. And you, too, can leave us a voicemail. Uh, just give us a call, and we'll put you on the show, just like Brian. You can call us at 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP. Leave that voicemail, and we'll play it on the show. That was shout-outs. Thanks, Jason. You're welcome, Mike. I've always believed that having an artistic outlet, such as painting, podcasting, or even acting, is good for your mental health. Our next segment proves me wrong. Here's recasting with Christian Slater. Greetings and salutations, and welcome back to another episode of Recasting with Christian Slater. Due to scheduling conflicts and situations beyond our control, we're back after a long hiatus. Since this show appeals to the lowest level of primates, and we only show up at the most inopportune time, you can pretty much consider us the herpes of the prescribed films network, a virus that never goes away. I'm also talking to you, Busey. Touche, Slater. You got my dead to rights. <laughs> this week, we're going to be punching our way through the Mullet Fest 1989 film Roadhouse. Reading the role of the sharing husband as the worldwide leader of the terrorist organization Cobra. Cobra Command. Um, CC, I think you might know the original actor who played the sharing husband's name. His name was Chris Lada. Sharing? Sharing? When have you ever known me to share? Although I did get the dreadnoughts a night with the Baroness for the stash of chemical weapons, and who the fuck is Chris Lotta? <laughs> That's funny, he could just almost say the same thing about you. Reading for the role of the drunk gawker in Half in the Bag since he insists on realism is our method reader, Bullwinkle Moose. Bullsy, you gonna make it? Huh? <laughs> Are you ready to read? Me? Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> Great. Sit down for, before you fall down, will you? Reading the title role of Dalton is series mainstay, Don Knotts. You ready to clean up the double deuce, Donnie? Does that mean I get to bone Kelly Lynch up against a barn wall? <laughs> as horrifying a visual as that is, I don't think it's in the budget, but you're welcome to ask. I've done it in the barn. It just wasn't with Kelly Lynch. Or a female, or, or a... You don't finish the fucking sentence. <laughs> 
Reading for the role of grizzled bouncer Wade Garrett, and obviously from another planet, is our resident psychopath, Gary Busey. <laughs> you know, I've been prepping for this for a while now. I recently went into a bar and got into a couple of fights. That's not a surprise. However, you neglected to mention that it was a coffee house. Still counts. You knocked out a guy reading slam poetry. Fucker in the beret deserved it. Forget it. Let's get going. CC and Bullsey, you're up. Interior, double deuce bar, night. Rowdy patrons smash bottles and yell. A band cranks out blues on a soundstage wrapped in chicken wire. Pool players duke it out in the background as bouncers trying to separate them. A couple tables away from the stage, a heavyset husband across from, the, from a blonde bombshell of a woman. Two men gawk at the woman from a table nearby. The husband notices the men looking at her. <laughs> Ever seen a better pair of attitudes? The husband reaches across the table and feels the woman's breasts. The two men look at one another, laugh, and nod accordingly. Fine, ain't they? I'll tell you what, for 20 bucks, you can kiss them. The gawker is shocked and delighted. Are you kidding? I'd let you kiss mine for five apiece. God damn it, Gary. Wait for your fucking scene, will you? I ain't talking about my titties either. Jesus Christ, get back to the script. Ten a kiss. Hear it now. The gawker walks over to the table as the husband circles his wife. The gawker takes a seat as the woman pulls her breasts out. He begins to, fo he begins to fondle them. The husband is excited. Ten a kiss! Go ahead! Moments pass and the gawker continues to fondle the woman. The husband looks at him confused. Hey buddy, what are you doing? You gotta kiss him or not! <laughs> I can't! <laughs> what do you mean you can't? I ain't got twenty bucks! Enraged, the husband yanks the gawker away and backhands him across the face. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Cobra Command, what are you doing? You're not supposed to really hit him. Hey, he wants method, I'll give him method! Uh, this, the scuffle leads into a bar fight. Let's move on to our next scene and hope Bullsy is too drunk to remember that. Excuse me for a second. Interior, cafe, early morning, day. Customers eat breakfast and drink coffee as Dalton nurses a beer in a booth near a window. Wade Garrett shimmies into the seat across from Dalton as he watches Doc walk towards the restroom. That girl's got entirely too many brains to have an ass like that. You got your hands full, kid. Wade notices Dalton looking down at the floor, morose. What's the matter? Dalton merely shrugs and flashes a fake smile. Still living in the past, ain't you? A long way from Memphis. Memphis has got nothing to do with it. Bullshit. That dog won't hunt. I can't believe you're still dragging that shit around with you. Seems to me you be... A little bit more philosophical about it. And cut it the fuck loose. 
Shook up, Dalton looks at Garrett as he leans across the table towards him. You know, that fucking cut. That girl never told you she was married, did she? And when a man sticks a gun in your face, you got two choices. You can die or you can kill the motherfucker. In fact, that's pretty much how I make my life choices. Here we go. Can't have anything nice, can we? For instance, when I go through a drive-thru, I tell them, I either tell them I order or I'll kill the motherfucker. I'm pretty sure I'm wanted in at least five states right now. Wait a minute. You're telling me if a Jehovah's Witness comes to my door, I can either take the pamphlet or I can kill the motherfucker? Exactly. Now you're getting it. <laughs> now it's don't it. Okay, I somewhat see your point. Unfortunately, and fortunately, we're out of time. And now I see that I had two choices when, I, when it came to taking this show, and I should have chose the latter. Until next time, folks, Christian Slater, signing out. And we are going to conclude our coverage on Herschel Gordon Lewis with part three right now. So as we enter the 1970s, Herschel Gordon Lewis would slow down his output and would eventually it would all come to an end. See, in the 1960s, he made 25 movies, but in the 1970s, he only made five. Uh, that's when he began to realize that it was getting harder and harder to compete with Hollywood as they were beginning to film, do films within kind of Herschel Gordon Lewis's formula. That didn't mean that Lewis didn't make some of his best work during this time with the films such as Miss Niffitt's Zappin in 1970. Miss Niffitt's is a sketch comedy movie trying to cash in on the popularity of the show Laughing at that time. That same year, he returned to the gore film with his classic Wizard of Gore. In 1971, he made This Stuff Will Kill Ya, Year of the Yahoo, and Black Love. 1972, Herschel Gordon Lewis made his last film uh, from this time period, but he went out with a bloody bang with the awesome Gore Gore Girls. After the Gore Gore Girls, he decided to leave the filmmaking industry to work in copywriting and direct marketing, which he ended up publishing several books in the 1980s. He is well known in the direct marketing as one of the most successful direct uh, response copywriters. By the late 1970s, his films would start to kind of fall into obscurity. That is until the video cassette boom of the early 80s when companies such as Continental Video, among others, would release Lewis's gore films with beautiful, gory box covers that stood out on the video store shelves, introducing a new generation, such as myself, to Herschel Gordon Lewis. While weirdos like me were renting and learning about the films of uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis, he was working in advertising and would write and publish over 20 different books during his long advertising career, including such books as The Businessman's Guide to Advertising and Sales Promotions in 1974 and How to Handle Your Own Public Relations in 1977. He continued to publish books well into the 1990s. Herschel Gordon Lewis settled in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and founded his own advertising company, 
a full-service direct marketing agency with clients throughout the world. Over the next decade and the DVD boom, Lewis's fan base would grow and grow to the point that Herschel himself would return to filmmaking. In 2002, Herschel Gordon Lewis made his first film in 30 years with the sequel to Blood Feast, Blood Feast 2, All You Can Eat. Uh, he, it was produced and released by Media Blasters, the DVD label. And that movie is freaking awesome. In 2009, Lewis released The Uh-Oh Show, a film about a television game show where the contestants are dismembered for each wrong answer. In 2009, Lewis wrote a book titled The Godfather of Gore Speaks. Herschel Gordon Lewis discusses his films with co-writer Andrew Rausch. 2016, Arrow Video released a 17-disc box set titled The Herschel Gordon Lewis Feast, including 14 of Lewis's most essential films, including nine Blu-ray world-release films. Uh, sadly, though, Herschel Gordon Lewis passed away September 26, 2016 in Fort Lauderdale, Florida at the age of 90. I'm personally sad I've never got to meet the man whose films and filmmaking style meant a lot to me and helped me mold into my own filmmaking career. Uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis is a man whose impact on independent filmmaking can still be felt to this day. Uh, he is such a legend in Insane's Picks uh, Hall of Fame that it took three episodes to induct him. <laughs> so that is it for Herschel Gordon Lewis as we induct him into Insane's Picks Hall of Fame. That's right. And that I just want to say that uh, I love how, well, I, I love and I'm sad at the same time, but that poor Bullwinkle Moose has <laughs> really fallen down the rabbit hole yeah. with his association with that crew. He started yeah. off so sweet and innocent, it and now, now he's doing episodes drunk. Anyway, <laughs> that is it for this episode of Attack of the Killer podcast. I want to thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode while you are working all night on your term paper that's due tomorrow, which you should have gotten done earlier, but you went to that kager last night instead of getting an early start. Oh, well, you can always switch majors to podcasting. Uh, it worked out for us. So we'll talk to you all again on the bro. next episode of Attack of the Killer podcast. Bye, guys. Oh, no. Bye, bros. Wow. Yeah.